<laughs> so, Brent, it has been um, almost a year since you started your grand experiment of playing yeah. all the Pokemon generations. Have you come to any yeah. conclusions yet about if you like Pokemon or not? Mm, no. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I, I mean... I like playing Pokemon. I don't like playing two Pokemon games in a row. Mm. <laughs> that That's the conclusion I've come to. Mm. Uh, I really don't like playing eight in a row. <laughs> mm. Which is what I'm don't at now. Don't forget about the ninth one coming up. Yeah, nine and ten coming mm. right up in December. Mm. Um, that's going to be hard. But I'll, I'll get it done somehow. Because mm. I said I would. Well... At least, I mean, the new one does have a shitload of dialogue, but it's also open world, so you can kind of just walk around and take things in whatever order, which might also make it really hard to uh, caption and comment on, but because there's not a whole no, lot of good. structure to it. Like I, I already basically just ignore like the the routes in between towns, mm. so. Like, in, unless a character just comes and say says something. I'm usually just like, here's what I caught, and here's what evolved. Mm. Yeah, and um, in Scarlet Violet, next. you can ignore every um, trainer that's out in the wild. You know, if a trainer's eyes meet, that means nothing. You have to go up and talk to them to actually initiate a fight. So, And you can kind yeah, of tell actually... from... The, they have, like, a text box above them. And if the text box is black, you know they're higher level and probably have, like, three Pokemon on their team. As opposed to if the text box is white, you know, they're just... They got, like, one stupid little thing and you kick its ass and get some EXP. Do they have one young goose, like most of the Team Skull members? Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, uh, young goose is back in Gen 9, so... Um, oh yeah, that that's that's the Pokemon that needed to be around. Yeah, that's that's everyone's favorite. It yeah, had to exist. No toupee weasel. Yeah, like like I, I don't even know which ones are missing, but I'm sure that there is at least two Pokemon that they could have replaced Young Goose with. Hmm. Uh, yeah, all all the common rat ones that they could have used instead. <laughs> Is Ratata in the new one? Nope. Well, fuck. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Just put Ratata and Raticate back in. Yeah. Starly and Fletchinder are the common birds. Um, they don't have a new one? Eh, I don't remember one. There might be. But Weird. It's not like the basic con the the early basic common Lechonk is the the basic <laughs> normal type that you get early in the game. So Lechonk is the new Wulu. In, in this nice. Um, Wulu's still the best. Yeah, they left Wulu out. This the the decks has about four hundred, and um, I don't know how many Pokemon. There's like over a thousand Pokemon now. Yeah. Wooloo is my favorite normal type Pokemon, I think. Mm. Yeah, Wooloo's the best one, and 
maybe it'll get added in DLC, but you know, we'll get into it when I get into my thoughts on the game. I don't know if I even care enough to play the DLC when they make <laughs> DLC for this one. I didn't care enough for Sword and Shield. Mm. I bought it, but I, didn't, I never got around to playing it. I guess I will soon. Yeah, no, I, I played all of it on Sword and Shield. I, I liked that game enough that, like, the only big complaint I had about Sword and Shield was that after you beat the story, it feels like there's not much to do because they hadn't actually completed that content. It wasn't available until they made actual DLC packs for it. Yeah. But I, I I just didn't find the new areas that interesting, I think. Mm. Yeah, I mean, because the, the new areas they added for the DLC and that are basically like new big open spaces like the open field in the middle of the original game world. Yeah, like it's just another wild area, but like it's all the, the same type of terrain. Well... Well, no. except for maybe the the boss, the the legendary island, which I didn't get to. Yeah, well, because the the first one, the the Isle of Armor, had a bunch of different you know, regions. I think there was like a desert region and, um, you know, grass and water and stuff. Uh, the the tundra one was mostly like the top half was snow and ice, and the bottom half was like green, and there was a lake. <clears throat> And a big tree and stuff. It wasn't. Bad. I don't remember yeah. <laughs> because I I played like two hours of it. Mm. Yeah. I guess I gotta play it again though. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's it's coming up. It's on your list. Yeah. I'm not nuzlocking though. Mm. I don't care enough <laughs> yeah. anymore. Yeah, I mean, at least in that one, you can still, like, find really high-level Pokemon out in the wild and then just catch them fairly easily. Yeah, that's true. Well, I think they block you from catching anything of a certain level without a certain badge, I think. Mm, maybe. But doesn't, like, the wild area scale based on your badges? I think. It... It does, but like the first time you enter it, I think you can encounter like a level thirty Pokemon, but you you can't throw a Pokeball at it, or it it blocks it because mm. it's too high level or something. Yeah. I remember the first time I played, I ran into like an Onyx. I was just walking around the forest. Um, that that was a really high level. Mm. I'm like on Onyx sucks, but I, but I might as well catch it. Mm. And it's like, oh, no, there goes the great ball. Uh, <laughs> not getting that one back. Mm. Yeah. 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 Um, should I just dive right into talking about Scarlet and Violet, or do we want to talk about other stuff first? Ah, go ahead. Okay. We're already on the Pokemans. Mm. Um, yeah, and I mean, it'll, there'll be cross generational compare and contrast as, as it goes. Um, okay, so you haven't played it yet. Because nah. you're still on your quest to do everything in order. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't even have a copy yet. I yeah. need to order it. <laughs> I, I am not bound by such rules, so I got it on release, and honestly, I didn't really even want to start it that day. I, I, didn't, I wasn't in the mood, but everybody was talking about it, so I'm like, ah, I guess... 
I guess I'll start playing this new Pokemon game that I don't care that much about. That everybody's been complaining about because the early reviews are like, Hey, look at these graphics. Don't they look like shit? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they kind of do. Apparently the graphics look better if you save your file onto the Switch itself and not on a memory card. Um, I don't care enough to try. Because the graphics actually don't bother me. They are undeniably bad, but also I don't really care. That, you know, a lot of... Especially, like, when you go into a town, a lot of the background NPCs that are walking around just look like, you know, half of their animation frames are missing. So they're just doing this, like, weird, kind of jerky, like, walking motion. Um, You know, I've heard it compared to like you know if you're on like an mmo with a really laggy connection just that kind of jittery (laughs) walk cycle that some of these things are doing looks kind of like stop motion animation um that was rushed yeah i i i think the complaints are is that pokemon makes more money than anything ever Mm. oh Um, yeah it's one of the biggest you know like top three biggest money-making franchises on earth and and they they only have like a hundred people making the games, mm. and they only give them like a year to make it. <laughs> and they put out two games this year. You know, they, they spent yeah. all of last year doing DLC, or at least releasing DLC for Sword and Shield, and then Arceus at the start of the year, and then Scarlet Violet at the end of the year. Um, because you know the mainline releases always have. Or at least most of them. I don't know if they always, but it seems like most of them have like a November, you know, like a month before Christmas kind of release date. Um, I know Sword and Shield did, and Scarlet Violet. You know, they wanted it out in time for that, and it it feels like it could have used at least a couple more months to work out the bugs. Yeah, I I know going back to at least the... Sun and Moon. They had like a October November release date. Yeah. Yeah, they have to get it out before Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So sure, the the there's bugs and graphics and stuff, and they're well documented. And anybody who gives a shit about the game is probably aware of them by now. Um. So. Yeah. Hmm. God. Not even sure where to start, really. Uh, <laughs> aside, from, uh, you know, who's your favorite waifu? Uh, you mean the? Should, should I just go full spoilers on the ending and why it annoys me? Uh, yeah, go I, ahead. I guess. Uh, um, yeah. Okay, I mean, and I, I, I cover your ears. Yeah, <laughs> if um, you don't want to hear it. Okay. Let me move this box of cards that keeps tipping over. I am buried in stuff, as always. Um, okay. So, yeah. Um, so, apparently... It's kind of a neat plot twist. And it doesn't really bother everyone else. Because everyone else is not like me. I, I, I am the type of Pokemon player who bought a device to play Pokemon Masters when that came out. And have been playing it every day since. And I have never once played Pokemon Go. So that probably tells you a lot about what I get out of Pokemon. Um, 
And so, uh, okay. So I, when I had to choose between Scarlet and Violet, uh, I wanted to buy Violet because I like the color purple and because the jet dragon looks much cooler than the shitty cave dragon thing, you know, motorcycle, whatever. It looks like, it looks like a dick and balls. Yeah. No, I mean, and you know, there's like lots of memes and shit going around about how ugly this red dragon is and nobody wants it and nobody wants to buy the merchandise of it because the purple one just looks so much better and you know that's sad like i i i I would have preferred to get violet i wanted to get violet but then they put out like what was it like the first or second trailer they're like here's the two new professors for the games they are exclusive to the different versions of the games you can get the hot cave woman with like you know exposed midriff abs or uh you know mr fantastic you know just kind of boring scientist man from the future and it's you know part of this whole past future thing and nobody knew how that was going to factor in it only really factors into the end game to be honest um but yeah, so they said, okay, so this is version-exclusive professors, and since I am uh, horny and only care about like the hot Pokemon characters, um, I'm like, well, that decides it. I guess I have to get Scarlet now. So I pre-ordered Scarlet. Um, and so, okay. So I guess, yeah, we'll get we'll get the... I, I have other things to say about the, the main game. This is mostly the end game. Um... Like, throughout, early in the game, when you first get to the school, you have a video chat with uh, the professor. Uh, so, in my case, it was Professor Sada. You have, like, a video chat with her, and she says she's in Area Zero, which is this big off limits crater in the middle of the open world. You can't go into it until you've gotten all the badges and completed all the side quests and beaten the league. And then you and your three friends from the three side mission things uh, all get to go into the crater and go find Professor Sada, who has been, you know, mysteriously stuck in there, unable to get out through the entire game. And are are they actually your friends, or do you just tolerate their existence? I tolerate their existence, but the game thinks we're all friends because it's a Pokemon game, and of course you're all friends. Why wouldn't you be? Okay, so so they're like how? Yeah, yeah, they're like all the friends you have in X and Y, your your big bundle of friends. <laughs> except you don't have them all in your hometown. You meet them all early in the game, and then uh, they're each part of the main. Um, so okay, I guess we'll get back to the Professor Sada thing, so I can top off the whole discussion with that let's go back yeah so okay so the, there's our hook yeah so uh okay so let's go back to the beginning uh one more time so <laughs> okay spider-man <laughs> yeah uh man i wish that movie hadn't been delayed but i'm sure it'll be worth it when it comes out next year um yeah the delays aren't a bad thing yeah it's, especially for movies where they can't release dlc yeah and just make it not suck as bad Hmm. Okay, but good, yeah. go on. So, so, right, so Pokemon, go off quick. Yep, so new <laughs> Pokemon, Scarlet and Violet, it starts off in the typical Pokemon way. You are a kid living in uh, 
like a small town on the outskirts of the Paldea region, which is based on Spain and Portugal. Um, you can see on the map there's like a grayed out area you can't get to that is the border to France, uh, aka Kalos. Mm -hmm. um, you can't go there, there's an impassable mountain range. Um, but yeah, so okay, so you're, you're in like the southern coast of not Spain, and um, you go to, uh, so, so you're getting ready to go off to this boarding school which in Scarlet is Naranya Academy, which is Spanish for orange. Um, in the um, Violet, it's Uva Academy, which I think is Spanish for grape. Um, so it's either orange or grape Academy. Weird. So, so you're getting ready to go to Pokemon Boarding School, um, and you go and meet your neighbor slash friend slash rival, Nimona, who teaches you the basics of Pokemon battling in the usual force tutorial bullshit. Um, yeah. And then, and she is apparently already achieved the rank of Pokemon champion, but has decided to start over with a new starter because, I don't know, she just wants to level up alongside you or something. Um, she's kind of annoying, very peppy, very just chatty and wants to talk about battles and battling and how much fun it is to battle Pokemon and stuff. Oh no. Uh, yeah. Is she like Hal but less pathetic? She, she's like, like Hal who is already successful and is now doing her second run. Weird. But otherwise <laughs> she's still got the same just very supportive, enthusiastic sort of rival attitude of like a how or a hop um so yeah so you um shit, i'm trying to remember who gives you i think i think it's director clavel who gives you your first pokemon um because it, it's not you know because professor sada or professor uh turo in violet because they are stuck in the crater and you don't you only hear from them remotely throughout the game they're not really the pokemon professor that you know the games always have um the the person who gives you your starter pokemon it's either professor jacques who is like you know the the professor professor guy at the academy or i think it might have been director clavel because director clavel is like the headmaster of the academy um, but yeah, they let you pick your, your starter between the weed cat and a derpy little lizard guy and duck with a pompadour. Um, two of these three will stand up as they evolve. Um, the one that doesn't stand up is the fire lizard. He just continues to grow into a bigger lizard. Um, oh, that just reinforces my choice as the best one. Yeah. Yeah, no, the... Uh, I, I haven't seen the middle evolution. I might have, you know, glanced it, but it, it didn't show up in my playthrough. Uh, the middle evolution of the fire one. Because I went with the weed cat. On its second evolution, it stands up. And on its third evolution, it gets, like, a masquerade mask. And it's a grass dark. Um, it, it, it is kind of neat what they do with the subtypes. Because it's like, your grass one gets dark. So, so because, you know whatever generation of Pokemon games, they decided to change it from your rival picking the better typing to your rival picking the worst typing. 
so that you always have an advantage against them. Um, so that's what this game. Yeah, that is. that was that started with how. Okay. Yeah. Just completely submissive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that that's what they do again in this one. That Nimona picks the one that is worse against the one that you're playing. So I picked the weed cat, and she picked uh, the pompadour duck. And pompadour duck, you know, it is already on two legs, but it becomes like a flamenco dancer by the end. Um, and I didn't really get to see any of its moves, because I always beat its ass with one hit out of my weed cat. So There's already a bird flamenco dancer. Well, I, so... Oricorio? Yeah. That one's in the game, too. Weird. Yeah, they brought it back. <laughs> but really I, I don't weird, know. Actually. actually, maybe it's more of a salsa dancer. It's I don't know. I don't know different kinds of dancers, but um, it's it's a big, tall dancing duck. Uh, when it reaches final evolution, um, I only get to see the final oh, evolution no, of the fire one because there's a point in the game where you have to battle Director Clavel, and he kept the third starter. So he's got a fully evolved one when that fight happens. Nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, and also that happened to be like one of the hardest fights, weirdly enough, in a game that's fairly easy because it's so easy to just grind levels in, in this game. Um, but... Yeah, I'm, th that's the one thing I'm hoping for whenever I get to Sword and Shield and Scarlet and Violet is that... I won't have to spend any time grinding <laughs> because, first of all, I won't. I won't. It won't be a nuzlocke where I'm trying to vaguely keep up with levels, so I don't just destroy everything. Yeah. And second of all, um, you can level up so quick in Sword and Shield. Yeah, <laughs> I'm assuming it's the same was, way was in that, Scarlet Violet. Was Sword and Shield the one where they made it so you still get EXP even if you catch the Pokemon? I don't remember if, that, if Sun and Moon did that or if Sword and Shield introduced that. Sun it. and Moon, Sun and Moon does that. That might have started in X and Y though. I don't remember. Okay. I th I think. I, yeah, I don't. I don't remember. Yeah, because I know. It, like originally, it was you get nothing if you catch the Pokemon. You get no EXP. You have to kill it to get yeah. EXP. Um, but yeah, because in this game you get EXP if you catch them. Uh, the trainer fights are optional, and also there's a new thing you can do. If your Pokemon is leveled up enough, or is just like, you know, when you're walking around the open world, the Pokemon will just pop up the way they do in, it's more similar to the Arceus game than, um, Sword and Shield, but it's also, it's like halfway between. Because you do have to engage them in combat, unlike Arceus, where you can just slap them with a Pokemon and catch them, and it's only if they charge at you that you have to defend yourself with a Pokemon. Um, in this one, so I have hmm? I have a question. Yep, I know in I know in Arceus, uh, even though I haven't played it, I know that you can just like throw one out, <clears throat> and there there's no like like long drawn out battle scene. Where it takes like 30 seconds to get in and out of a fight. Yeah. Um, is it the same way in Scarlet and Violet? Yeah. Um, where? You know, it, it takes okay. like a, a second to load, but it's probably about as fast as the Arceus one, where you send your Pokemon out, and then the screen like moves into 
you know, highlighting your Pokemon and the one you're up against. And other Pokemon and NPCs will continue to wander around in the background, but they're not part of the fight. Um, okay, good. And yeah, I, I was hoping for that because, but let me tell you, <laughs> playing eight of these games in a row, you really start to get tired mm. of the the in, the intros and the exits to battles because it's just a huge waste of time at at some point. <laughs> yeah, that's what I really appreciated about Arceus is that if a Pokemon is sufficiently weak, you don't even need to battle it you just throw a pokeball at it and hope it catches and if it misses you either fight it or you go hide and wait for it to calm down and then try again um in scarlet violet you do have to fight any of the ones you want to catch but like later in the game you get quick balls and they are so busted in this game because they made it so if you run away during a pokemon battle the Pokemon doesn't disappear. So you can run up to a Pokemon, throw a quick ball, and if it doesn't catch it, it gets one attack off on you, and then you hit run away, and then you disengage, but you're still standing right in front of it. So you just run up to it again, and that re-engages it in battle, and now it's turn one again, and you throw your quick ball again. Nice. So, yeah, quick balls are, like, stupid strong in this game um and when i got like at first it was fun just because you know it's nice ever since they started making it so pokemon just show up and you don't have to like wander through the grass and wonder what you're gonna get so you can like hone in on whichever one like oh that's new i'm gonna go for that one you don't have to deal with a lot of you know random bullshit um like oh i'm gonna catch an ekans for the 98 though. Yeah. Or wander around the grass and hey, it's a Pokemon account. Oh, it's an Ekans again. Okay, I guess I gotta run away <laughs> or punch it. I don't know. What What's yeah. more of a waste of my time? Um, you know, it, the only issue this game has in that regard is that there's some very small Pokemon that you don't see. Or like, you, you see them if you're looking. But if you're, you know, riding around on your legendary. Um, you might just accidentally step on like a scatterbug or something, and now it's engaged in combat because you touched it. So you either have to kill it or disengage, um, and that's just kind of annoying. Um, but yeah, um, so okay, so you uh, meet Namona, do the tutorial thing, you get your starter. Um, on your way to school, you see um your legendary either koridon or miridon um lying on the beach and you i think you have to like jump off a cliff to get down there but you can they did kind of a breath of the wild thing where if you jump off a high place you know you know how in that game it's like your parachute opens up before you hit the ground or you can open your parachute yeah this one it like automatically you just Pull out your Rotom Dex, and that slows your fall, apparently. Right before you hit the ground. And it doesn't rip your arms out of your sockets, even though it should. You know, at the speed yeah, you I, must be falling I, I, off of that mountain. I get that Rotom can fly, but still. 
That's yeah. putting a lot of faith into like a smartphone. Yeah, yeah, your smartphone can carry the weight of a small child who has fallen off of a cliff for the tenth time. Um, so yeah, you jump down, you meet your your legendary ride, uh, you watch it at full strength, you know, like pummel its way through a cave to get you back up to the surface, and then it gets worn out, and now it's you know back down to slow riding mode until you unlock. All of its like upgrades again, um, so yeah. Um, so then you meet Arvin, who's like a second rival kind of. He's he's a guy who's kind of a grumpy puss, but I don't know. I, I got to like him as his story went on, um, which is rare because I usually don't like. You know, for as much as I like the people in Pokemon games, the stories in Pokemon games are terrible. Um, but I don't know. He's just good. We'll get into that later. Yeah, for for the last like five games that I've played, it's like, oh, the rival kind of sucks and is annoying. Mm-hmm. But the the secondary friend ri- slash rival is actually kind of cool and charming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that makes sense. Well, then you also have a third rival friend thing. Um, you know, person in charge of side quest. Uh, which is, you get to the school, and you find this girl, Penny, who's getting bullied by some members of Team Star, who's the new villain team. They are not especially organized, they're just, like, a bunch of school bullies who wear these, like, motorcycle helmets with goggles that are shaped like stars. Um, and like most evil teams, they're pushovers, and you just beat them up. And then she runs off because she's shy and doesn't want to talk about it. But then you get a call later from this mysterious Cassiopeia. And it's like, well, obviously this is Penny. Um, and she's <laughs> telling you, like, I've got this I've got this plan to um, take down Team Star and I need your help. So, so you've got three main quests in this game. It's uh, doing the eight gyms and then the league. And Nimona is the one who's all about that. Cause she's all about battling and being your rival and stuff. Um, you've got Operation Starfall, where you have to go to the five Team Star bases and defeat their leaders in order to draw out the secret person, the secret founder who's in charge of, or was in charge of, it, the Team Star art story arc, it is so needlessly complicated. Um, I, I, I didn't, I, I just, trying to parse the timeline on that, um. We'll, we'll get into that too. I'd, ju- but, I'd just be happy if it didn't involve a legendary that is going to end the world, there, does it? There is no legendary and no end of the world. <clears throat> it's a very personal kind of story. Um, okay, so, so the, the, the third quest is Arvin, um, who wants you to track down these five Titan Pokemon, and you find out why as that goes on. Um, okay, so... I guess Operation Starfall, let's get this one out of the way. So, Operation Starfall, um, you travel to the five different bases, uh, each one, the way it's handled is, so, like, you go up to the base, um, and the team will have, like, a guard stationed out front who you have to fight in order to get into the base and there's you know there's usually something different about them it won't just be like a guard there'll be like a story moment um also they've got like blockades set up on the road which 
don't matter once your ride is upgraded to the point that you can just jump over them. But for a while, <laughs> parts of the road are blockaded by Team Star. So that's the thing they do that's really annoying. It's like, oh, I can't proceed through the world because you've barricaded it. Um, and that's why I need to fight oh, you. So the, the world's like a go anywhere, do anything. But yeah, like, it, oh, no, it's a big open world, except you can't cross water until you unlock swimming for Koridon. And you can't go through areas that have a giant Team Star blockade because they just built a giant wall over like a section of road and now you can't get through it until you beat them to get them to take that down. Um, so, uh, yeah, so, and then when, when you go to the first one or like any of them, really, um, a strange old-looking teenager who is clearly Director Clavel, but tells you his name is Clive and he's wearing a bad wig. Um, he shows up and says he wants to help you, in part because he's trying to understand what's going on with these truant students in Team Star, that, you know, that they haven't been coming to their classes in the school, they're just, uh, you know, hanging out in these bases all the time. Um, never minding that I did not attend a single class in my entire playthrough of the game. Um, but, you know, I, I'm a good student, I guess, uh, despite ignoring everything to do with the school. Also, fuck you the whole you. school uniform thing. Um, so, the, the, the clothing options in this game. Um, so, ever since X and Y, not counting, you know, like Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire or the Diamond Pearl remakes, any game since Gen 6 have let you customize your character's appearance and your clothing. And in this yeah. game, you can customize your character appearance, and you can customize your hat, your glasses, your gloves, your shoes, your socks, uh, your backpack, but nothing on your torso or legs, because you have four seasonal-themed um, school uniforms, and you're required to wear one of those um, because you're in a school and you're a child and you're not allowed to pick clothes, I guess. It sucks. I hate it. It. They all look terrible. They are, like all make me wear neckties, and I hate neckties. There's just a lot of bad associations in my brain with formal wear. Um, so I, I hate it. Um, but so, Yeah, see, like the, my, my favorite... The, the thing I always liked about Pokemon is going on an adventure mm. and that, that like and that, that you're a student at a boarding me. school who is allowed to go on a small adventure around the world yeah. where I guess at least there's no threat of global <clears throat> annihilation this time yeah and that that's that's also why Sun and Moon just doesn't hit for me either mm. because it's super linear mm. They they tell you like yeah go here go here go there, mm -hmm. and also um, they give you a big checkpoint on like the only place you're supposed to go. Yeah, and also there's only like two optional <laughs> places I mean, in the whole game. Th this one is the opposite of that. It it's completely like you can go to any place in any order as long you know. Uh, as long as one you can reach it which until you upgrade your ride to be able to like jump and swim and climb 
some places are hard to reach. Um, and yeah, I mean, like it doesn't tell you, you know, the, the, the levels don't scale. So some gyms and things are harder than others and you don't find out what level they are until you get there. Um, you can kind of tell by looking at the levels of the wild Pokemon around the area, but, um, you, you kind of just have to, you know, level up and hope it's, uh, strong enough when you get there. Um, not that that's all that hard. It's, you know, fairly easy, especially once you get, you know, catching wild Pokemon to level up or there's a new mechanic where, uh, when you're out in the open, sometimes you'll just see like Pokemon walking around um and instead of engaging them in a direct fight you can press the r button to send your first pokemon out and just let it run around and auto battle things so it just levels up beating up things that are around and if your pokemon is significantly stronger or you know a better type match than the things around it can take out a few with it doesn't use up any of its like attack points doing that it just goes around and it does like a quick math check like am i strong enough okay i beat it um and if your pokemon ends up taking damage after a while it'll come back to you and then you have to heal it before you can go out again um and there are pokemon centers around you know like the, there's at least like two in every town plus a lot of them out in the open world and in this game they are all like open air outposts so you don't go inside a building, you just walk up to the counter, and the whole healing is actually quicker in this game than it has been in other ones. There's a lot less dialogue involved, it's just like, let me take your Pokemon, dun, 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 and here you go. Um, you know, it only took 25 fucking years. Yeah, yeah they, you know, cut a lot of the extraneous dialogue out of the healing process. Um also, the Pokemart. It's a like Pokemon Center, Pokemart, and a machine that lets you use craft items to make TMs, um, which are disposable again in this game, but you can make them. Lame. Um, Lame. Yeah. I don't. I don't care how easy it is to make them. Lame. Yeah. Let me use TMs a billion times. Yeah, no, they're disposable, but you can make them, and also while you're wandering the open world, there'll be these little glowing things that, if it's like a yellow ball, that's a TM. If it's like a red, that's like a potion or a type of Pokeball or something. And if it's just a little gold dot, then it's like a crafting item. So there's just random items scattered around the world all the time and you're just picking up stuff all the time i don't think i bought any potions because i always had tons um and i only bought pokeballs because i wanted the better ones um yeah like i i like the idea of an open world pokemon i just don't like the idea of like the whole survival crafting gameplay mm. I, I barely crafted anything either. It's it's only for TMs in this one. Okay. There's a lot more crafting yeah, but... in Arceus. Because Arceus lets you pick up more crafting materials and then you can craft potions and Pokeballs and stuff. So you can make like the more useful items. Where in Scarlet and Violet you just, you just find Pokeballs and potions and full heals and stuff just lying around randomly. 
but okay so the, the team star operation starfall thing so you go up to a base you meet clive uh who you you can have dialogue options where you say uh you're, you're director clavel and he's like no i'm not i'm a hip teenager named clive and don't forget it um and so you you go into the base and the unique way these bases are compared to like the gyms which are also different from regular gyms um the the starfall bases are you so you fight the person at the gate which will, will usually have some kind of story thing going on with who's guarding the gate and why um and then you go run around this like campus of their base and you do auto battles against their pokemon so and you have three your first three on your team you can just throw them out to auto battle you have 10 minutes but usually it if your pokemon are any good it doesn't take more than two minutes to just track down and knock out like 30 of their pokemon um so you knock out a bunch of their pokemon you get to fight their the leader of that section um and the leader of each section comes out riding on a giant car and will have, you know, like three or four Pokemon of their, you know, type. You know, there's like a fire, poison, fighting, fairy, and something else. I don't remember what the fifth one was. Um, but they've each got their own type. Um, there's like 18 different, you know, between the gyms and the titans and the team star like each type has its own uh, badge related to it because you get badges when you beat the team bases and the titans um but yeah so you beat the leaders pokemon and then they send the car out to fight you because there's a new pokemon named Revivroom, which is a giant engine block so they they've plugged that into this giant car and you have to fight a car every time it was insane the first time and then i realized every single one of them has a living car for you to fight um yeah that sounds like it gets old after the first one yeah yeah and it didn't help that the first one i went up against was the fire one and i'm using the grass starter so that one was harder than uh and also i found out after i you know, went and did the other ones she was the fire one is like the second or third if you're going level wise because I went up against another one later, and they were a lot lower level. Um, but yeah, yeah, just destroy them. Yeah, but you know, I I had to retreat the first time, and then leveled up a bunch and came back and beat them. Um, so after you beat them, then Clive will come up and talk to them, and you get flashbacks to eighteen months ago when all the members of Team Star. Um, their, their leader, you know, cut off connection from them, and so they, they've just been, like, operating out of their bases and waiting for their leader to return, and they don't really know what to do. Um, there's some, like, Team Skull kind of vibes to them, where they, it's like they're introduced as bullies, but then there's, like, some sympathy for them that, like, as, as it goes on, they just make them more and more sympathetic but it, it feels weird because like they were introduced as bullies but their backstory unfolds that they 
like a year and a half ago, I guess there was some major bullying problem at the school. And so Team Star was all brought together by this mysterious leader person to stand up to the bullies. And they did. Um, and the bullies all backed down and went crying to their parents who got them all pulled out of the school. And it became such a big issue that uh, like all the staff at the school ended up quitting and being replaced by the new staff. So that's why... Director Clavel didn't know about any of this because the whole thing was covered up by the previous director. Um, this is so weird. Yeah, no, <laughs> it is needlessly convoluted for what it is, uh, which is you know trying to be like a more personal kind of story that you know that there's no evil master plan to it. It's just that apparently, like Team Star was brought together to stand up to the bullies at the school. And then their leader abandoned them, and now they're all just hanging out in these bases around the world. And some of them just seem like they want to keep to themselves, but also the first ones you meet are the ones that are bullying Penny. So I don't know. It's like, what, did did they live so long that they became the villain or something? I don't know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, so... Am, am I right in guessing that Penny has something to do with it aside from just being bullied? The, that she is the secret person who created this thing. Yeah, yeah, okay. it's it's pretty easy to guess. It's not, it's not. You know, this is a game made for little kids. It's not that brilliant. Um, yeah. So, so af- yeah, after you beat all five, then um, you let's see. I th- because you've been getting these messages from Cassiopeia, who is obviously Penny, even though she's pretending to be someone other than Penny. You know, she'll like Cassiopeia will send you a message and then say, "I'm sending a you know runner out to deliver your reward to you," and then Penny shows up. Um, and yeah, so a- after you beat all of them, you get a message saying that you know they'll this mysterious person will meet you at the school. And then Director Clavel's there, and he's like, actually, I was Cassiope the whole time. He's figured out that it's Penny, but he's trying to cover up for her, so he pretends that he somehow was talking to a recording of himself, and that's how he could be standing there when you're on the phone with Cassiopeia. Um, and that's when you have oh the God. fight where he's got the good, the starter that is strong against your starter, and it's actually a fairly difficult fight. Um, but then... After that, you know, it's like, obviously it wasn't him, and he admits that he lied about that, but that he thinks he knows who it is, and yes, it is Penny, and you have, she says that, you know, she, like, she feels bad that all of her Team Star friends, she abandoned them because she's just, I guess, too shy and awkward to, you know, talk to them, um, and also could see that, you know, maybe they would end up turning into the bullies if you know they didn't disband this whole operation that they started to stop the bullies in the first place and and that that's another thing it's they don't get into any specifics about like what kind of bullying was happening they just say bullying was happening and we stood up to the bullies and that stopped them and it's so non-specific and and I get why it would be non-specific. You know, they don't want to really get too intense in a Pokemon game. But like, 
it's just hard it feels like really awkward writing the way it is because it, it, i don't know um yeah but, like i, I <laughs> japanese school politics must be insane mm. <laughs> yeah i mean i guess it's no kill to kill but uh <laughs> it's the closest possible thing though right yeah, because then, so Penny's like, okay, so, yeah, I I knew we needed to stop this team star that I created, and, um, but I'm starting to have second thoughts, so you need to beat me in a fight so that I can officially per, because I guess the, the way she's planning to shut them down is that she wrote the, this, like, a rules contract for how they're allowed to operate, and it, it, stipulates that if you are beaten in a pokemon battle then that means you have to leave the the group or something what? i don't know that makes uh, th- no th- sense there, there is some weird contract thing she came up with and she created loopholes in it so she could shut the whole thing down if she had to and so now she's having second thoughts and she's saying you need to beat me in a pokemon battle because that means that i will have to leave or something um so you have a big dramatic Pokemon battle where, like, so she has this like adorable fluffy Eevee backpack, and everyone refers to if they don't know her name, they refer to her as as uh, the girl with the Pokemon or with the Eevee backpack. Um, and so her whole team is like six evolutions. Nice. Um, and yeah, so you have to beat all six of her evolutions. Um, and that concludes the Starfall art. Well, okay, so then, concluding the Starfall art, you beat her, Team Star is disbanded, uh, but then her friends, the other bosses, all arrive to say, oh, hey, we missed you, where were you? We were looking for you. Um, and it's because Director Clavel brought them all, and he's like, yeah, I, I understand why you all did what you did, and I think I might have overreacted by threatening to expel you all. Um, so you're all forgiven for that, but also all this, you know, blockade shit and your truancy and your refusal to wear proper uniforms and, you know, you've illegally modified your uniforms by making them not suck. Uh, that That's all bad. <laughs> so, um, so as punishment for that, uh, you must continue to operate your bases as training centers for other trainers so after that you can go back to the the bases and fight them again you know because they're now operating officially as training centers for you know trainers and stuff um are they are they wearing proper uniforms no they're still wearing the <laughs> uniforms they were before <laughs> <laughs> well yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that, that is that side plot. Um, the Arvel side, or Arvin? I keep thinking Arvel, but no, his name's Arvin. Arvel Redenbacher. Yeah. He has hair that is deliberately made to look like Greedent, the squirrel Pokemon that's in the game. Uh, from, from Gen 8. Yeah, I don't know. He, he has a Greedent, and he looks like a squirrel man. Um. But, uh, yeah, so he, at first, seems, like, just kind of a grumpus, but he was really excited to go see these Titan Pokemon, which are, like, giant Pokemon that are hiding in lairs around the world. 
So you agree to help him, you know, find and uh, defeat these uh, titans. And so you go and face the first one. You beat it. Uh, so e each titan is like, it's a giant version of a Pokemon. But you only have to fight it, well, twice. You fight it, and then it runs off, and you follow it. And it goes and, like, knocks down a cave wall and starts eating this weird herb, and that powers it up, and then you have to fight it again, but for that second fight, Arvin helps you. He's got a, a second Pokemon that he'll send out. So you have a two versus one against the powered-up Titan. Um, and then after you beat the Titan, um, you go with Arvin into the cave and find the herb that the thing was eating, and um, he takes it, and because he's a cook, he turns it into a sandwich, you know, one for each of you, but then your legendary, you know, Coridon, Miraidon, will come out and start sniffing at the sandwich, and I don't know what happens if you choose to eat the sandwich. Uh, I never did. I always just gave it to my Pokemon, um, and Arvin hated that because he made the sandwich for me, but I gave it to my Pokemon knowing that it's going to make my Pokemon start unlocking more moves. You know, it gets to, like, run faster, jump higher, swim, glide, um, climb, which lets you traverse the world a lot more easily. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so you do that, and then after a couple of those Titan raids, you find out Arvin hasn't been... I, I think he, he might be eating his sandwich, but he kept some extra herb that he's been giving to uh, Mabostiff, which is like a big dog. It's like a big old dog, and um, it's, you know, the evolved form of a Pokemon that he's had since it was a puppy. Um, it's very old and sick now, and he wants to find these herbs because he's heard that, you know, if you get all these herbs and feed them to something, it can cure any ailment. So... He's trying to huh, save his sick sweet. old dog. Um, also, the dog is like the only friend he has because his parents are... Well, it's either Sada... I guess it's both Sada and Turo, even though they don't both exist in the same game. But there's like a... Since I played Scarlet, there's one of Sada's notebooks just mentions the man who left, and I assume that's Turo. Um, but... He, he's basically been parentless because his parent is the professor who went off to go study Pokemon in the big crater. And he has been to the crater, but he, he's mostly just had to live on his own with his dog. Um, so, yeah. So he wants your help to track down the Titans so you can save his dog. And as you go through that, you also keep getting calls from the professor saying, Oh, good, you found another titan and another herb. That's great. Um, and so af after you complete that whole line, the professor will say, Well, uh, yeah, I want you to, you know, you uh, come to the crater to meet me. Um, but you can't do that until the post game because... Arvin, you know, he's been there and he knows that there's really strong Pokemon there. So he's like, okay, well, now that Mabastiff's all healed up, uh, I want to challenge you to a match to see if you're ready to go to the cave. And his Pokemon are all, like, level 55 to 60. So you need to get your Pokemon up to that level to be able to beat him. 
and then yep. after you beat him, he says, well, it's still dangerous, so we're going to need a person with this set of skills and a Pokemon, or a person with this other set of skills, and he's basically telling you, you need Nimona and Penny. You, so need, you need Liam to- Neeson. Yeah. Yeah, if only you can have <laughs> a person with all the skills, but you need Nimona and Penny, which means you need to go complete the rest of the game before you can go to this end area. So then, so Nimona is the gym quest, and that is, um, so th- there's the eight gyms around the world. Um, I'm, I'm guessing that one's pretty straightforward. Just... Yeah, well, each gym, instead of having to fight a bunch of Pokemon and then fight the leader, you have to do basically a mini game. So there's, like, in the grass town, there's... They, they release a bunch of Sunflora, and you have to play, like, hide-and-seek. You know, run around the town and find all ten of the Sunflora. Um, there's another town where you get a giant rubber olive that you push through a maze to a, a goal. Um, that sounds dumb. Th- there's... In the psychic town, you have to do yoga... Which involves like a Simon Says kind of, you know, you're doing like a yoga dance with a Metacham and you have to push A, B, extra Y when it tells you to push A, B, extra Y. Um, yeah, it's, it's these just weird mini games. Like, ah, oh God, I, I, so I've complained on the Discord about Iono or Iono. I think her name's Iono. She's the electric gym leader who is like a live streamer um looks like a living vtuber to me so if a vtuber came to life it's iono she's got you know the like weird spiky teeth and just like cute little girl look and like a giant floppy um like sweatshirt she's wearing um and so gargara except slightly more annoying i guess yeah her hair is like bundled up in a way that it looks like two magnemites stuck to her head um that that part i like and she um so her challenge you, you go to challenger and she's like okay i'm i'm going to live stream i want you on my live stream and you know we'll do whatever uh so so the live stream is a mix of I mean, it's always her talking directly to the camera because it's a live stream. Uh, to all of her fans out there who need to like, share, and, su- and subscribe this uh, this stream that she's doing with this new trainer that she just met. Um, Sounds about right. Where you, uh, you know, it's like you, you do a bunch of like, where's Waldo's? Where she's recruited Doctor Clavel to go stand around somewhere in this like wide shot, and you have to find him and click on him and then you have to do a pokemon battle against one of her dedicated fans and then you have to do another where's waldo and then another pokemon battle um and then after all that you fight her and uh beat her and and then yeah then she closes out her live stream um disappointed that she lost but uh yeah i don't know i just i just Every time they do anything with like live streaming in a video game, it always feels like it's old people trying to understand kids. It just I don't know. It rings so weird, and it might just Jade, be because have, I'm old. Yeah, I'm have you ever? 32. 
Have you ever considered that you are the old person who does not understand the children? <laughs> I, I know I'm an old person who doesn't understand or like the children. But do you like, comment, and subscribe to children? <laughs> uh, never. I subscribe to things I actually want to see more of. Um, I don't bother to hit like, because why? Um, I only comment if I have something to say. And even then, I comment knowing that it will probably not be replied to. Let's see. I comment maybe like four times a year on YouTube. Mm. Yeah. Um, I like maybe two videos a year just to just so I could find them again easily. Mm. Um, I usually just like save to my favorites list if I'm going to do that. Yeah, but uh, YouTube. Um, makes a playlist with all your liked videos. Mm. So, if I'm ever in a bad mood, I just go to that and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's nice. Mm. Yeah, I can, I can see the live version of the One Punch Man song. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but yeah, so each gym has its own like mini game challenge before you battle. Um, it's like the ghost gym leader is she does rap battles except you, oh, no. instead of doing instead of like choosing word options for a rap battle you just have pokemon fights while people do terrible raps um but yeah so so you you do the eight gyms along the way Nimona will show up at first she's showing up at like every gym and then later it's like every other gym but you know, she does the rival thing of challenging you to a fight after you've gotten so many badges. Um, yeah. And, yeah, then you... So you get all the badges, then you go to the league and fight four trainers, one of which is also a gym leader, but I guess they ran out of assets or something, and so they just made him do double duty. And they comment on it in the game, so, you know, shining a spotlight on it means it's not dumb. Um, but, yeah, it's... They're, they're, I mean, I guess, I, I don't hate the guy that they recycled, at least. There's a normal gym leader who's just, like, a guy in a like, business suit with a briefcase. And he just <laughs> wants to sit at this, like, kind of tavern bar place and just drink sake or whatever. Um, but after you figure like that one the mini game is you have to figure out what the secret menu item is which uh requires you to like go battle some people and they'll give you clues and you piece the clues together and i pieced like half the clues together and then i just guessed the rest of it using <laughs> the because there's only so many options you just guess and check until you get the right one um but he is also an Elite Four member because uh, they only had three other ones, so they, they needed a fourth one. So they just brought him back. Um, which I guess well, was also a thing in Sun and Moon that I completely forgot about. So I'm wrong for yeah. complaining that this is stupid. I I think all the Sun and Moon Elite Four is just the kahunas again. Mm. Except instead of... Um, what's his face... The, the guy on the third island. <clears throat> it's uh, the, the golfer woman. 
Yeah. And I guess Sun and Moon is kind of the precursor to what they did with the gyms <clears throat> in this by having it be like a mini game style challenge instead of, you know, walk through the puzzle rum and fight the people to get to the the boss. Like classic yeah, gyms. Like, honestly though, like the the trials in Sun and Moon are so basic I wouldn't even call them mini games. I mean that, that's what these are. You, you're pushing a rubber olive through a maze. It's not, you know, challenging at all. Well, I, I, and you don't I even mean, have to like, fight anything after. Well, except for uh, the gym leader. But yeah, I, I just mean like the the trials in Sun and Moon so far. Just like okay, walk to here, then fight a Pokemon, then walk to here and fight a Pokemon, and then you could fight the big Pokemon. Mm. And mm. A, aside from like two or three, that is just the entire the entire thing mm. it, like like the uh, aside from like the the marowak dance thing mm. which, which to be fair is also uh do a thing fight a pokemon but yeah it's at least it's at least funny <laughs> yeah it's charming yeah the photobomber guy yeah the the hiker <laughs> yeah. just randomly in the shot yeah but yeah, so you beat the Elite Four, beat the champion, and then go have a big fight with Nimona. Um, and then, so now you've, you've gathered your three friends, having completed all their side quests, and you get to go to Area Zero, the big crater, where the professor who's been teasing you the whole game that she's there and you just gotta go find her. Um, you go down to the crater, um, and... You, um, so, so you're, like, running around, so the crater is, it, like, it, it's, like, this kind of, I don't know if maybe it's different in Violet, but in Scarlet, it, it's this kind of a lush jungle, um, well, not, not exactly a jungle, I don't know, it, it, it's very pretty area, um, and it rocky slope down to, like, a crystal cave at the bottom. And along the way, there are four like lab way stations, and you're told by the professor that you need to disable the four locks because she is trapped inside of the um, you know station at the center of the crater, and it seems really suspicious. I mean, she, she seemed pretty suspicious the whole time, but it seems especially suspicious here. Um, so as, as you're going to the four way stations, you find like notebooks talking about uh like discoveries and stuff um and you know some like backstory of professor and what they've been up to um so then yeah so you unlock the four things and um because i was playing scarlet and scarlet is past uh you know violet is future scarlet's past there are specific pokemon that are like ancient versions or future versions so in my game it was the ancient versions there's like an ancient jigglypuff that's like a dinosaur jigglypuff that you find um and there's like an ancient <laughs> version of i don't remember the name the, the big mushroom one um, um it's not shroomish it's uh, it's the the amungus? one yeah yeah the, there's like a an ancient version of amungus there's an ancient version of uh, magneton somehow 
it's like a magneton but it's got like legs and it walks around um and that's another thing Jade, I, have game, a, actually. I have a very important question yeah does the mushroom look sus very okay um that that's I, I just really needed to know for my own reasons yeah but yeah another thing with this game so they basically do paldean forms of classic pokemon but instead of calling it you know paldean tentacle it's um called toad's cool and it's like a ground poison tentacle that is brown and walks around on its tentacles which are like feet um so squidward yeah so they're doing regional forms but they're giving them their own names so i guess that means as far as the national decks is concerned they're different pokemon um which is kind of yeah, neat. They see, probably like, should have been doing that the whole time. Yeah, that, that's that's what I was thinking. Like, that's that's a fine way to do it. It's just having it both ways is kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. The the same the same way that like after Gen two, the Nidoran line is kind of weird. Yeah, and and like and the ancient and future Pokemon do the thing like the Ultra Beasts, where they are Pokemon. But they call them paradox Pokemon because they're not exactly normal Pokemon, because they're ones from different periods in history. Um, and like the naming conventions on the past ones are weird. I mean, like I already thought Type Null was weird, having a Pokemon that's name is just like a description. Um, but yeah, the I, I can't remember all the names. I know there's. A primal version of Donphan, which is called Great Tusk, and and that's just his name. His name is Great Tusk. Um, hmm. And it, yeah, it's a big mammoth. Um, yeah, that's that's weird. Yeah, yeah, like all all the primal ones, it's like two word descriptions of one of their characteristics. It kind of sounds like the Ultra Beast. Yeah. Yeah, they're going for the same thing as the Ultra Beasts of, like, these are Pokemon, but they're weird because story reasons. Um, yeah. Even though they operate exactly the same <clears throat> way as Pokemon. Yeah. So, so you unlock all the locks, and you get down to the bottom, and then uh, some of these wild primal Pokemon all come running out of the uh, thing that you unlocked. Although the professor warns you that's going to happen, and so you'll have to fight them. Because there is a time portal that the professor has opened. Like, that's what her experiment was, was to create a time portal back to the ancient past. Because she was interested in studying the Pokemon from the ancient past. And, obviously, Violet is Professor Turo and Portal to the Future. But, um, I, I played Scarlet. So, Portal to the Past, bunch of Pokemon, you fight them. Uh, you find out that there is a second... Uh, in my game, it was Coridon. There's a second Coridon, which is like the alpha that chased your Coridon out. Um, and so it's, you know, kind of scared to face it again. Um, and, but it backs off, I think. It, like, it's, it's about to fight you, but then it doesn't, and it backs off. You have to, it, it is the final Pokemon you end up fighting later, but. Uh, so, so you go into this, like, central chamber, uh, while, you know, the other, th the other three friends you have with you, they are 
the entire way down the crater, they are just talking the entire time. It's like a running cutscene. You know, it, it makes it kind of hard to, if you want to, like, engage a Pokemon in battle to catch it, you have to, like, run straight up to it because a lot of your other options are disabled because the game is just running this dialogue between your friends the whole time. They, they, they don't know how to shut up, but... You can go back after, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I did. You can go back and your friends have all left by then because the story's over. But Yeah, they've all shut the fuck up by then. Yeah, but they're all chatting and yeah, so when you get to the end, they all separate out to go handle different things that are going on while you go inside and um, find out that uh, so the real Professor Sada is dead. The Professor Sada you've been talking to is an AI, so as, as you find out from like the journals as you're going along, um, after Professor Sada's unnamed husband, who was probably Professor Turo, left, um, she realized she needed some help, but she needed help that is as good at their job as she is, so she made an AI robot duplicate of herself uh, to help with her research. So... The AI robot duplicate is still there and operational, and it's the one that's been sending messages to you. Um, because she died when a wild Pokemon attacked or something. Um, so, the AI tells oh boy, you... boy, do you get to see her corpse? Nope. Nope, no sign of it. Dang. Nope. She died a while ago, and Arvin doesn't know that his mom is dead. Um, he... Dark. finds out eventually but um but no he doesn't know that his parent is dead uh and that there is a robot here and that's why you know they haven't really been there for him um and also just you know being obsessed with their work but um so the the robot tells you uh we need to shut this portal to the past down because it's dangerous and pokemon have been getting out and like, one of the titans you had to fight was Great Tusk, so some of some of the titans are just big Pokemon who ate the herbs and got big, uh, but some of them are, you know, these, like, ancient Pokemon that don't belong in this period in history. Um, so, the AI shows, like, takes you to the machine to shut things down, but then tells you, when you go to shut this down, my programming's gonna kick in and make me fight you to defend this, so, uh, be ready for that, I have a very strong team of Pokemon, so, you sh start the deactivate, like, the shutdown process, and things get all dramatic and, you know, big anime fight kind of thing, as this, like, pedestal rises way up and ai sada is like casting pokeballs down at you while she's in like evil robot defender mode and you have to fight her team of ancient pokemon and after you it wasn't that hard although i was googling each one before because one of the things in this game they don't have what's it the set mode it's just switch mode <laughs> Yeah. The, the one where it Wait. it tells you what's coming next and yeah. you have the opportunity to put yours out first. Which I, I just want to say that's one of the dumbest things to not include after mm. 25 years of having it included. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it's, it doesn't, if anything, it just seems like it would be easier to program. 
Yeah, I mean, it, not having it is literally just a waste of time for the people who want it. Like, there's no reason... There's no reason not to have it. It's kind of like the, um... The experience share in Sun and Moon. Like, there's no reason not to make it optional. They just chose not to for some reason. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at least give you the option to shut it off after they auto-turn it on. Yeah. Because, like, that, that's what they did in X and Y, so it's not like they didn't have the idea. Like, yeah. they, they just decided not to, and that's weird. Mm. Like, give give players more options, and not less, and they've consistently gone with less. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. finish but, your anime fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, so you have your big fight with Robosada, uh, you defeat her, and then um, that still doesn't shut down the uh, process thing completely because I think it, I think it has something to do with there's this like an obstruction or something, and then the the other Karaidon comes down, and you and the the machine makes it so you can't use any of your own Pokemon. You can only use Pokemon that are queued to Sada, which the Karaidon you have has actually been in one of Sada's old Pokeballs the whole time. It was given to you by Arvin early in the game. So the only Pokemon you can fight the Karaidon with is your own Karaidon, uh, which has, you know, managed to finally get back into its fighting mode. Um, so you have, you know, big one-on-one anime fight where, you know, it's pretty well scripted to be like, the thing is going to hit you and knock you down to very low hit points, but then you unlock your, um, like, uh, what's it, the... the Oh, I, I never even mentioned terrestrialization. The new um, mega evolution thing in this game is terrestrialize, which is you get like a crystal Pokeball and you can throw it once per battle or actually it's, it's like once per healing. You have to go back to the Pokemon Center to recharge it. But um, if you use it on a Pokemon, it goes into like a crystal form and sometimes gets a different subtype added to it if it's a Pokemon that gets a different subtype when it terrestrializes. Um, so you get that unlocked for your Coridon, which gives it the dragon subtype, and since both of them are dragons, but neither of them has a dragon attack, suddenly you have a dragon attack with your Terra attack, so you can do massive damage to the this you know scripted boss fight one and beat it um and then ai sada i guess figures out that the only way to shut down the portal is to send herself through it so she sends herself through the portal to the ancient past where she wants to be anyway because that's what sada wanted i guess um and that shuts it down so the world is saved and the professor that you spent the whole game looking for is gone um and i feel ripped off because I could have gotten Violet, but nope, I had to make the horny choice and pick the one with the hot professor who's barely in the game, despite the advertising telling me that she's the professor in the game. Yeah, and At this that was point, weird... I've, I've spent, like, I don't know, 20, 30 hours in the game, and I don't want to do that again. That, that was a weird choice to market the games based on the professors. 
um, on the exclusive professors and then barely have them in the game. Like, I had kind of wondered if it was going to be like Team Aqua and Magma, where it's like, okay, so they're telling you it's the professor, but they've got kind of sinister eyes going on, so maybe they're actually the the villain, like, secondary villain of, you know, like, I could have seen it going, like, Team Star is the team skull of the game, and the professors are the ether foundation of the game, and they're, yeah. like, actually, there's a, another, you know, threat going on. So I guess the closest thing to, like, an end-of-the-world thing going on in this is that there's this portal to the past or future that needs to be shut down, but there isn't really an any, like, implication that it's going to destroy the world if you don't shut it down, it's just dangerous to leave it open so you gotta close it um i i I like that better than having a legendary pokemon start some kind of cataclysm for the 19th time yeah now the legendary is just one that came through the portal and uh is powerful and you know is in your way as far as getting the portal closed um and you can go back to the crater um, after all this and uh, go catch it which I haven't done yet I looked around I couldn't find it but it, I've heard it somewhere so I just have to go look around to catch the second copy of your legendary which I guess is you know like the tradable one because the main hey. one you have is locked into your your team screen you can't put it in a box um, you need it because it's your ride Right. It's your ride on. Yeah. There's no ride on in the game, though. <laughs> it's only 400 Pokemon. Ride on these. At nuts. least 100 of them are new. <laughs> mm. uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I, I didn't know if you heard that. Cool ride on these nuts. <laughs> mm. No, I, I heard it. I said it sounds painful. I know, I just want to say it again. Mm. Yeah, I I think that about covered... Because after that, the only thing that happens is um, that Nimona is like, okay, so you know, now the world is saved. Uh, we, we should go have another Pokemon battle, because I just want to battle forever. Um, but, you know, you're exhausted and you need a rest. But she she talks to, like, the director and stuff, and they, um, let's see, so I think the, the director tells you, let's see, for one, because you're now champion, he wants to send you around to all the other gyms to check up on the gym leaders and see if they're doing their jobs well enough, which is code for you get to fight all the gym leaders again, but they're using stronger Pokemon this time. Yeah. Um, and then after you've beaten all of those, there's some kind of tournament thing where you get to fight like all the directors at the school and fight Nimona again. Um, I don't really care. I haven't bothered. I did go and kick the water gym's ass again just because I have a level 80 grass starter, so why not? But so, you became champion, but you didn't become super duper champion. Nah, I don't care. And I've got like 300 out of the 400 in the decks. I don't know how many are version exclusive that I don't have, and how many are just like trade evolutions or 
ones that are pretty rare in the wild, so I haven't, you know, found them yet. So how, if how I painful get is trading? Enough, I, might... I haven't tried it. <laughs> because it it seems like it, it was really good in X and Y, and then it got consistently worse over the next few games. Yeah, I'm not even sure how to connect to the internet. I know <laughs> there's a thing on one of the screens that said offline or connect to the internet, but I haven't had any reason to use it, so I don't know. Uh, I I want to know how terrible it is to try to get online on mm. the Nintendo Switch TM. Mm. Because like I said, it's gotten consistently worse over the past like three generations. Because mm. X and Y was nice. They had a nice menu and everything. And also you could just randomly run into players. Yeah. Um, and then Sun and Moon, it got a little worse. And then Sword and Shield, it got a lot worse. And so I'm just curious to see now. Yeah. I mean, Scarlet Violet overall feels like it's a step towards something in the future. Although, you know, I don't know. It's like, like the games have been, you know, changing as they've gone on. They've gotten more 3D and more open. Um, and this feels like another step in that direction, but also feels so rushed that it's hard to tell, like, are things going to be different but worse, or is there going to be come a point where it starts getting better again? And I'm not confident in that enough to say that definitely things are going to get better, but it does feel like they're trying to change away from the formula in some senses. I I feel like if it was going to get better, maybe one of the first two games on Switch it would have. Mm. I mean, I think Legends Arceus is a better example of what it is they're trying to do you know, moving into this more, like, open world, Pokemon are just wandering around and you can catch them. Um, and, yeah. Scarlet Violet had some similarities to that, but also felt like it's, you know, it's still trying to integrate the stuff like gyms, which Arceus didn't have. Um, and those, you know, components that you expect from a a Pokemon game, and so it it doesn't quite work, but I don't know. I feel like it's the kind of game that we're gonna look back on in like five or ten years and think, oh, that yeah, that that was a step toward what they're doing now. But it it feels like it's a transition. It's not quite reached whatever it is that they're moving toward with the franchise. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I just don't have any faith in mm. Game Freak, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. The vibe I'm getting, since I've played like all the LEGO games that have come out, it kind of reminds me of LEGO Indiana Jones 2, which was a game that sucked. But in retrospect, I can see, like, okay, yeah, they were they were starting to move toward the, you know, having a, an open world and having... Like, character dialogue and stuff, you know, like, that That was, like, if you go through the games, it took them a few, like, the, 
Lego Indiana Jones and Lego Harry Potter were the parts where it's starting to feel less linear than it did. And, you know, it, it took, you know, a few years and a few games before they'd gotten to the point where, you know, the, the games are what they are now. And I kind of get that same vibe out of Pokemon, that they are moving away from, you know, the tried and true formula and trying to do something different, but haven't reached it yet. Assuming, you know, they continue on that and don't just keep getting cheaper and lazy. <laughs> that's, that's the thing, isn't it? That, first of all, they... They scrap mechanics all the time. Like, they they pop up and then disappear. Mm. Like, in the next generation all the time. Um, and also, they they have looked like they've been getting cheaper. At least from a visual standpoint. Mm. Yeah, and some so. of the, I mean, like, you know, as far as, you know, Pokemon graphics... It's like the, they reached the peak of 2D with black and white, and then yeah. they changed to 3DS and decided to start doing like 3D polygonal, um, you know, non-sprite art with some flat animation or like flat drawings for like battle transitions, but mostly 3D polygons for Gen 6, which then improved in Gen 7. And improved again in Gen 8, except because it's on a Switch, it doesn't look as good as other Switch games. Um, but it is a step up from what it was on 3DS with Gen 7. And this... I don't know, so, some of the character models are maybe better than Gen 8, but with all the, you know, just animation issues and rush feeling to it... it it's I don't know. It's not quite as good as Gen Eight in some ways, but also because it's a you know fully open, um, non-linear world, it's not really exactly what Gen Eight was. I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I understand what you're trying to say. That you know the the, the graphics are in a lot of ways improving. But it, you know, they kind of hit that N64 hump when they moved into 3D with 3DS, where suddenly the graphics went from being really great 2D to being really shitty 3D. Yeah. And it's been, you know, steadily improving despite the technical issues of this game. You know, I think Arceus is still a better example of uh, their improvement over time in the 3D space. Yeah, I, w I was trying not to go too hard when I when I played X and Y on on the the graphics because I know it was a 3DS game. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean but, DS but, was capable of 3D, but it looked even more shit. So they didn't try yeah, it, on DS to do 3D. D DS Aside was from, like comparable to N64. So, yeah, like some yeah, of the environments in. Like Diamond and Pearl, I think you know, the, the, like some of the buildings might have had some 3D to them, but it was mostly yeah. sprite work in DS games. The the environments had like a 3D effect to them, but yeah, that that was just like 2D layering, I think, 
Yeah. Um, except maybe the the Shadow World, which might have been actual 3D. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. With yeah, 3DS like, is where they made the jump to actually modeling things in 3D, and it took some time before they could uh, really get that looking better. Yeah. Like I, I think black and white is still the best looking Pokemon games, bar none. Hmm. Like all the sprites are just so clean, like they're all animated. Um. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, I also yeah, just remembered. Like said, Let's go, Pikachu and Eevee were games on Switch. Yeah, and the, like they looked okay, but you know they were doing like a colorful you know like a cartoony kind of 3d yeah reimagining it's... of the flat worlds of red and blue yeah also it's gen one again <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah gen one's gotten remade twice well, like hopefully gen five three times. gets remade again someday but like five times if you include the canto areas of gen two hmm Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we managed to fill and at least three quarters of this episode with Pokemon Scarlet Violet. Yeah. Did you have anything to talk about that wasn't Pokemon? Because I'll be honest, that was kind of exhausting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my voice is kind of worn out, but I also did see Black Panther, the new one, um, almost two <laughs> weeks ago. Black Panther two subtitle the new one. Yeah. Black Panther <laughs> Wakanda forever. Forever. They, they should have saved that for the fourth one. Now, th- this movie is two hours and 40 minutes long. It is Wakanda forever. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was fine. I mean, they could have cut some subplots and reduced that time to like, at least two hours 15, I think. But. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I liked it, but I didn't love it. it like it, it had some good stuff, but also it was long. Um, and yeah, I mean, there, there was some constraints from you know Chadwick Boseman dying and the whole movie basically just being an homage slash like just characters dealing with the grief of someone they love being dead um you know th- th- there was like a lot of grief in the movie uh it was you know like a just a thing they were characters were dealing with um i i i know this isn't the point but like how do they explain a way that t'challa died in universe um, okay so in the movie opens with shuri in a lab desperately trying to 3d print a new um one of those you know, magic flowers because all the magic flowers got burned up and they you know they can heal people from like anything uh and she's trying to make a new one because t'challa is off screen dying of some mysterious unnamed disease um and then she gets the message that it, it's too late he's he's passed um and you know she she's gotten close to figuring out how to make the flower you know by the end of the movie she figures out how to remake it because 
of course, she needs to grind it up and drink it and become the new Black Panther. Um, as we all expected, she is the Black Panther, and she's the only new Black Panther. There isn't multiple, which was one of the rumors. Um, but, but yeah, no, he he dies of a disease. They don't say what it is, but that's how the movie starts. Is he's he's dying. Um, so they have his funeral, and then, um. So after his, I guess, okay, uh, do, do you want me to summarize the plot, or was it one that you'd rather I not? I don't know. Con- considering that I don't know anything about it, I might just want to wait till it gets on Disney Plus and watch it. Because mm. I've heard better things about it than just about anything that's come out in the past two years. Yeah, I think it would be a better watch at home on Disney Plus because of how long it is. And because there's, there's parts of the movie where people either have really strong accents or the music is so loud that you can't hear the dialogue. And I feel like the movie will be better with subtitles, which you yeah. can get on Disney+. Plus. Um, so I guess so. I get quick thoughts on the rest of it. Um, so Namor is the main villain. Uh, he, he's pretty cool. Uh, they actually try to make the stupid little wings on his feet look intimidating um and they still look stupid but also you know you got to respect that they have like the dramatic scary ominous music beat happening as he rises off the ground with these little wings on his feet flapping <laughs> um and that like in action scenes he'll be like jump running through the air with his like little winged feet uh, carrying him as he's like charging with a spear and like slashing through ships and stuff. Um, you know, they, they really leaned into, you know, the, the comic bookiness of things being silly, but characters not treating them like they're silly. Um, yeah, that, that's, I, I think that's one of the things out of, taken a lot of people myself included out of the, out of the mcu mm. that they they feel the need to lampshade everything when like the characters should be taking their situations more seriously mm. and like let the audience make fun of it <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, the, the basic plot so after t'challa dies the other nations of the world start thinking oh this is the perfect time to go raid the not wakanda directly but you know, as of the end of Black Panther, they had their like outreach centers that they were setting up in other countries. So, you know, other nations start thinking, well, now's the time to go raid those outreach centers and steal some vibranium. Um, and, you know, that what? doesn't go well for them. Um, Why do they have vibranium there in the first place? Uh, help with technology and stuff, I don't know. Um, but the, the, the point is, like, they think, oh, Wakanda's vulnerable. But also, maybe we can find vibranium in other places, and they start, you know, they find, like, stores of it in the deep ocean, but as they go and try to steal that, uh, turns out that's Namor's turf, and him and his, uh, like, basically merfolk people, um, and there's some, this backstory on how they, you know, this group of, like, Aztec Mayan merfolk came to exist, um, but the they you know don't uh, like these uh I, I think it was the americans who found the 
stuff, although you know, there's also like the French are trying to get their own vibranium, but Namor's people are pissed, uh, and they're also, they're, they're partly pissed at Wakanda for revealing to the world that there's more vibranium out there and you can make all kinds of cool shit with it. Um, you know, they feel like they're being threatened because, you know, Wakanda put a spotlight on all the cool stuff you can do if you just get some vibranium. Um, so there's, so like Namor reaches out to Wakanda, like we're either going to be allies against the world or we're going to be enemies. And there's a lot of conflict, um, that comes from that. Um, and yeah, 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 it's it's good. It's long. Uh, I would recommend watching it at home with subtitles. Um, yeah. Uh, also speaking of MCU, the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special, or holiday special, although it, it is explicitly about Christmas, um, just went up this past weekend, so I saw that yesterday. It was good. Uh, not as good as the movies, but it was good. Half of it is yeah. Drax and Mantis being weird sociopaths who decide that they need to go to Earth and kidnap Kevin Bacon because Star-Lord has talked so much about how great Kevin Bacon is. Um, so they go to Earth and are confused by Earth stuff for a while and then chase down Kevin Bacon and Mantis uses her mind powers to brainwash him so they can take him back to nowhere. Um, the main setup the movie has for the third movie is that the Guardians... You know, post Infinity War, have bought nowhere from the Collector, and they're now, I guess, in charge of running the station. Weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they didn't really seem the types to want to do something like that, but they're in charge they, of nowhere. And how, how do they buy it? <laughs> I don't know. Like with with what money? I don't know. Okay. I guess that'll I'll, be explained later. They don't. They don't explain it. They just say, I'll, "Well, I'll we bought that. nowhere, and now it's Christmas time, and Peter's looking depressed. So we're gonna try to cheer him up by going to Earth and getting a bunch of Christmas decorations and making everything look Christmassy. And also, we'll kidnap Kevin Bacon, and that's definitely not gonna go bad, right? Um, <laughs> it, yeah, it's I don't know. It's it's a fun, quirky holiday special. It hits all the beats you'd expect, where it's like. It's a lot of shenanigans for the first, like, two-thirds, three-quarters, and then there's a moment where they realize the, you know, spirit of holiday stuff. Um, the, the spirit of Christmas was the friends we made along the way. Yeah, well, yeah, it's like, so a after, you know, Starlord finds out, oh, you kidnapped Kevin Bacon, that, you can't do that, that's wrong. Um, he you know, starts to send Kevin Bacon home, but then he's talking to, uh, what's his name, uh, the, the, Yondu's lieutenant, who now has Yondu's thing, I don't remember his name, it's uh, yeah, James Gunn's either. brother, plays him, um, th that guy, you know, he's got Kevin Bacon on the ship, and they're, like, preparing to head back to Earth, and then he, you know, tells him, tells Kevin Bacon how much he meant to Peter, and, and Kevin Bacon's like, uh, yeah, I think I'll I'll stay and do a Christmas concert, and um, you know, just spirit of the holidays and stuff. Um, <laughs> I'm not describing it well, but you know, it's 
it's cute. Um, recommend it. It's, it's also short. I think it's an hour at most. I think it was less than that. I'm I'm surprised they use Kevin Bacon on like a throwaway um, cameo. To be honest, mm. I, I figured he'd at least be like a like a just like a random character, like they did with um, Stallone. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, they're, they're willing to throw a lot of money at these Disney Plus shows, even though I'm pretty sure all the nowhere things were filmed on the volume. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's. I'm. Disney Plus can't make money, right? <laughs> like, uh, I'm. I'm coming mm-hmm. back to this, like the HBO Max thing. Like, they they make all this high budget stuff just for Disney Plus. Mm. And I'm yeah, like, and they don't even sell even, DVDs of it. Just weird. Yeah. Like Netflix, Netflix, Amazon Prime. It's like everybody else. They you know. Like HBO Max, I bought Harley Quinn on DVD before I ever saw it on HBO Max. But Disney, you know, that there's no DVDs of any of the exclusive stuff from there. Because the the way Disney works, they want to hold it hostage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess if they decide they need money, then there'll be you know a Mandalorian collector set of. It's it's going in the Disney vault. Yeah. But yeah. the good news is, pirates you have exist. access to the vault as long as you pay us eleven dollars a month, whatever it's up to now. It's a Which... really good thing that internet piracy exists. Mm. That's all I'm gonna say. Mm. Yeah. Also, the last episode of Andor is out. Um, it was good, like the rest of the show. Um, you know. Worth watching if you want to see a serious Star Wars thing that takes itself seriously and has a lot of like human uh, interests and stakes and stuff going on. Is about I don't... force with you know space wizards having wizard duels. I don't specifically want to see a Star Wars thing that's super serious, mm. but I also don't mind it. <laughs> You know? Yeah, I mean, I'd say give it a shot. Um, the the prison arc was pretty cool, but that's you know like episodes seven through ten, so it's you know the second half of the season that they do that. But yeah, it's kind of a slow burn action uh, intrigue kind of story overall. Yeah, because, like, people, pe- people kind of shit on the, um, like, comedic characters in the movies. Mm. And, yeah, they're often pretty annoying. But also, I mean, they kind of help with the tone just to have them there. Mm. Like, I don't I don't think C-3PO is anybody's favorite character. But, like, he- you'd probably miss him if he wasn't around. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've always liked 3PO's. The first Star Wars action figure I ever bought was uh, 95 Power of the Force, uh, weirdly broad-chested C-3PO. <laughs> because I saw it, he... I was five, and I saw it, and I'm like, oh, shiny robot. Did, did he fire missiles out of his packs? No. No, it has, 
it doesn't do any action. It, you can rotate the arms up and down and the legs up and down and the head side to side. And that's all it does. And so I rotated the arm around so much that it popped off and I had to use glue to hold it in place. <laughs> that's how it would be sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, C3, C-3PO is, you know, as a character, you know, he's fine. You just do, you know, the funny... One of two funny droids from, you know, I get... I'd say the originals, but he's in every movie. Um, but, you know, just visually, I've always liked his look, that, like, you know, cheesy-looking robot with his big target chest and all the loose wires in his stomach. I, I like in the, the um, early 2000s Clone Wars series mm. where... Padme like just legitimately throw C3PO out to die mm. just so she could uncover the, like the the scout droids that are shooting at her. Mm. <laughs> and then later he gets gold plating and there's like stripper music playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. <laughs> Here, now, in this neighborhood. <laughs> then he like takes his coat off yeah. like really slowly <laughs> and show all that gold plating uh, what a weird show <laughs> mm. uh, Star Wars should be hornier mm. Well, I mean, this I could, I could recommend some stories if you're looking for horny. No, <laughs> not was, even porn I was... ones. I mean, just Star Wars. Uh, what, what was it? Legacy. Um, the, it's not canon anymore. But the the one that's set 150 years in the future with Luke's uh, like great grandson who's a drug addict. Um, if you've ever seen Darth Talon, uh, she comes from that. She's like, if Darth Maul was a Twi'lek lady in, like, a battle bikini, um, yeah, she, she's, like, one of the villains from, yeah. from that series. I don't, I don't actually want Star Wars to be hornier. I, I just said that because I thought it'd be funny. <laughs> mm. She seduces Cade to the dark side, and by seduce, I mean they, they fuck. <laughs> there is sex in this Star Wars. Well, I, I guess to be a Jedi, you kind of have to be a virgin unless you're Obi-Wan. Mm. Oh, he, he wasn't a virgin at that point, but he, he still was, you know, he, 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 he's, he was raised as a Jedi, but then the Jedi got murdered by Sith and he escaped, but he, you know, hid his force powers for a while and the drugs helped with that to suppress his force powers so he didn't get visions of great uncle luke uh, or great grandfather luke telling him that he should be better than this um and yeah he he has like kind of a dark healing power where he can like tap into the dark side to force someone to live even when their spirit is ready to pass on um and that gets the attention of darth crate who is dying of um 
some of the stuff the Yuzhan Vong did to him back during the Yuzhan Vong War. So he, like, gets... I think he, like, threatens to kill Cade's friends if he doesn't uh, come and help heal him. And while if Cade he, if, is If he doesn't staying, come. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> while, while Cade is staying at the evil Imperial Palace place, uh, Talon is helping to keep him there and keep him interested by having sex with him. People are so weird sometimes. Mm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, come to the dark side. We have pussy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in, with how chased how, the Star how Wars universe is most of the time, uh, yeah, outside of Jabba's yeah, palace, like, anyway. It'd be be like, like, oh, Anakin Skywalker, his mom had a virgin birth, and the dark side is like. Look, we got pussy, we got dick, we got anything you want. We even got weird alien genitalia, if you're into that. Mm. I mean, I guess if you are looking for horny Star Wars, there's always just the Jabba's Palace scenes of Return of the Jedi. Something, something Twi'lek. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, Twi'lek nip slip and uh, big slug nicking or licking Leia when <laughs> she's in a, a bikini. No, the, the the dicking is in the porn. That's not <laughs> part of the actual movie, where they have oh to imagine God. how this giant slug would have a dick. Usually, it comes out of his tail. Seems like. I mean, slugs reproduce. Mm. Well, well, not, slugs not are hermaphrodites, but they're yeah. That's what I, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, in the old canon, awkwardly, Jabba was a hermaphrodite who just. Who the other huts thought was weird because he preferred to present as male all the time instead of switching, like most of them do. Um, I don't think that's canon anymore, especially because Clone Wars introduced Mama the Hut, the mother of the Hut clans. Um, so it seems like hut gendering is more explicit. Although I'm not sure what gender Zero. I guess Zero presents as male, even though he's very effeminate, but. Clone Wars introduced a lot of things that I like and a lot of things I don't like. Mm. Yeah. But I mean, it technically wasn't like decanonizing things at the time, so... It kind of was, but not entirely. Um, Because of the way the old canon worked. If Clone Wars said something and it contradicted previous things, then Clone Wars had the final say, although... Um, you know, you could still kind of cram it all together and make it work. Like, all the stuff they did with Mandalore kind of went against what the previous lore about Mandalore had been, but you could still kind of wiggle it in by saying that most of the Mandalorians we'd seen up to that point weren't actually on the planet. They were, like, rogue bands following their own personal codes. Like, the whole Death Watch thing that later got adapted into the Mandalorian started as they were like a separate group of um, Mandalorians in the comics. Although I guess that got adapted into Clone Wars too. But what if what if they were actually rogue bands and they just went around playing music? Then it would be that anime episode where uh, <laughs> there's music 
band in Star Wars. Except hopefully better. Mm. Probably because not. that was the worst one. <laughs> I mean, this is Star Wars, you know, everybody's playing, just jizz wailing all over the place. It's not going <laughs> to be... Uh, not gonna They're be just going around music. throwing their jizz everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're hot. <laughs> they're smooth, steamy jizz. <laughs> it's too bad none of these can be the title because the title has to have something to do with Pokemon because that was the first 90 minutes of this episode. Yeah. Pokemon and the hot, steamy J stars easy. <laughs> I'm sure um, we said something title worthy in the first 90 minutes. I don't know. We didn't get very horny. So. Mm. Yeah. That, that's usually where it comes in. Mm. Yeah. I got nothing. I didn't do anything. Mm. Well, not that I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything worth talking about here. Mm. No, just, just uh, killing people. Nothing to talk about. Jade, you better cut that out. Okay. Because you know what's going to happen if you don't. Well, I guess you do know where I live, so. <laughs> Close enough. Mm. No, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure you've mailed stuff to me before, so you probably have my address. Yeah. 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 I mean, that was a while ago, so mm. I'd have no. to look for it. I don't want to yeah. do that, so don't make me. Okay. I mean, I do still live in the same place, but also I have a sword, so factor that into your calculations. I'll have to buy a shield. Mm. That, that That's I, the best course of action. Yeah, I have one of those, too. Well, uh, I'll have to buy a crossbow. Hmm. Yeah. You got I mean, one of them? It, it is a pretty big shield. I don't have a crossbow. I'll, I'll just wait until the shield gets too heavy and you put it down. Mm. So there. Yeah, I mean, at this point the shield's buried under so much stuff that it would be hard to reach anyone. <laughs> Too many plushies weighing it down. Yeah. All right, I'll be honest. I got to poop. Let's end this episode. <laughs> mm. Okay. So yeah, <laughs> you, you um, can you can choose to leave that in or cut it out. I don't care anymore. <laughs> I mean, I, I I usually only cut coughs and sneezes. So. Oh, well, there's a there's a lot of them in this one. Um. Yeah, so I guess I'll talk to you in two weeks about I don't know what. Because I don't plan to go see Avatar The Way of Wetness. So, um, <laughs> Is that what it's actually called? <laughs> it's called The Way of Water. <laughs> because I, I had no idea. Mm. Nope, I don't know. It's coming out. I will probably hear a few of my movie review podcasts talk about it. And then I will maybe watch it when it hits Disney Plus in four months. What, what if it's good and everybody has to shut the fuck up about it? Eh, maybe. I don't know, it's apparently really long. I, I want to say it's like three hours. So I'm, I'm just saying, like, I, I feel like nobody has prepared for the possibility that it's actually good. And mm. we need to care about it. 
Well, I mean, there's there's so many movies, even good ones, are easy enough to ignore. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if my mic picked that up, but my stomach just made the weirdest noise. <laughs> well, I guess, uh, listeners, if you heard a weird noise, you can uh, message us. And yeah. Get a, a Carl Obama icon in response. <laughs> message my colon. Alright. Okay. Yep, so see you <laughs> next enough. time. Yeah, see ya. Bye everybody. Have a good day. Happy Thanksgiving. That's the worst way to end a podcast. <laughs>